Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Provo, Utah. Welcome to the show, Chris Miles. Hey, Victor. It's good to be back on again. Well, great to have you here. Now, there's a wide range of things we could talk about. I thought we would zero in on one narrow topic that is just a sliver of what we could cover. But maybe before we do, it's been a couple of years since you were on the show. Why don't you give a little bit of your backstory for those who haven't met you yet? Yeah. So, uh, you know, unlike some people, I actually wasn't raised with a silver spoon in my mouth or, or uh, you know, an investing expert. That's for sure. I was raised by good, hardworking parents that taught me to your word is your bond, live in integrity, work hard, follow your dreams and your passions, that kind of thing. And so I did. And uh, after going to college, I realized I wasn't going to become financially free in college and uh, with the path I was on. So I became an entrepreneur. And the first thing I became as an entrepreneur, because it was the first thing I realized that I thought was kind of interesting, and they take anybody off the street, is being a financial advisor. Mm. And so uh, this is back in the early 2000s. Uh, this is yeah, 22 plus years ago. Became a financial advisor and did that for several years. And then when I sat down with my dad for the very first time ever, he actually asked me to be his financial advisor. And he was always guarded about his money. He was always the guy that says, hey, we can't afford this. You know, What do you think I am? Money made of money? Money doesn't grow on trees, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I sat down with him and he says, Chris, I want to retire at some point. Um, I've been saving a lot. Hopefully I can do it soon. How can you help me? I looked at his numbers. He'd been stuffing his 401k for years. He had even uh, paid off all of his debt. He was totally debt free. He was like Dave Ramsey's dream come true, the poster child, except he was older than Dave Ramsey. So he probably taught Dave Ramsey everything he knew because he was a cheap son of gun too. And uh, so anyways, I look at his numbers. And I said, dad, you're 61 years old, but if you want to retire today, you better hope you die in five years because that's when you'll run out of money. Hmm. Well, what do I do, Chris? I said, I don't know. You did everything right according to what everybody teaches in the financial world. And that kind of got me on this mission of there's going to be something better. And, and that's where I eventually started finding real estate investors that actually were doing it. They actually were financially free in their 20s and 30s versus what I found out with my clients, even with other people's clients. It didn't matter if they were in their 60s, 70s, or 80s. They all worried about running out of money too soon. And even financial advisors, let's look at the evidence. They should know it better than anybody. None of them were financially free either. I, there was guys working in my office in the late 1970s, and they were still broke having to work the job as a financial advisor. In fact, the best investment is becoming a financial advisor because you get paid fees no matter what, whether people lose money or not, right? And uh, and after I realized that, I was out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I, I got to keep my integrity intact. I'll never teach about money again. And so I became a, an investor, more of a real estate investor. And, uh, and of course, later on that year, 28 years old, I was able to retire myself. And in 2007, I came out of retirement to then teach people basically how I did it, even though the recession kicked my butt and I ended up having to pivot a little bit during that period of time, but uh, I was able to retire again, even after being back in the rat race again, I was able to retire the second time by 2016. Well, indeed. Uh, and that's a great story. And indeed, many financial advisors, I almost consider them to be glorified salespeople. I, I don't know if that's a little bit too harsh, but definitely not. I think that's what it is, right? And yeah. uh, I think the the title does not do the role, the role justice. I agree. It's financial advisors don't mean you're financial experts. You really are financial salespeople. And I know there's a few of those financial advisors out there who say, well, I'm a CFP and uh, and I don't just get paid for assets or management. I charge them a consulting fee. Okay. Well, that's great. But you're still pushing your own agenda, telling them to go in different places that you know, for the most part, you're not going to tell them to go into real estate because you don't get paid to tell them to go into real estate. You tell them to go into mutual funds. That's really where you're telling them to go to. Because they collect a commission. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
one of the other areas that I'll say has been a little bit of a, a minefield is uh, is insurance sales as well. Uh, this mm-hmm. whole concept of infinite banking, and I know that some some folks like that, uh, that it's it's done well for them, but there's pitfalls there as well. There are. It's become a, a very hot topic. I know with my YouTube videos, uh, with our Money Ripples channel, if we put infinite banking in the title, it's guaranteed to get more views than almost anything else because it's become so hot lately. Interesting. Uh, and there's good and bad with that, right? Infinite banking can be a good strategy, but problem is it's the same problem as what we just addressed. The people that are teaching about infinite banking, for the vast majority of them, are not real estate investors. They're not investors in general. They are insurance salespeople. They are pushing a product. And it's pissing me off so much to the point where you know I retired at the end of 2016. In 2017, I came out of retirement to, instead of just doing like this consulting for passive income for our clients, we actually started doing infinite banking in-house only because I couldn't find anybody out there that would consistently give them a good, like give them the best ROI on a policy. And here's what I mean. Uh, and it's hard to ever tell. You really have to compare people apples to apples when you're looking at these things. If you're ever, say you're in the market and somebody's been pitching you this stuff right now, I would say put a pause on that and start to shop around a little bit and, and look at options because one, there's gonna be infinite bankers out there that will tell you, hey, you build this up over many years and then you can use it to buy a house, buy cars, pay your bills with it and things like that. All that, BS. Uh, from my investor perspective, that's more effort than it's worth, right? Like that. And not to mention when they say, oh, you make so much interest, you don't really make that much interest doing those strategies. I'll tell you, I bought a car just a few months ago. I ended up finding, you know, they had a special deal at the dealership for 3.9%. I was not going to use my infinite banking policy, which is, if you don't know what that is, it's a whole life insurance policy. But instead of just the death benefit, there's this tax-free savings account called cash value, this cash value account that you can use to cash out and or borrow against to then leverage to use. Now, people say, well, why would I borrow my own money? That's another myth, right? Well, you're not borrowing your money, just like you don't pay yourself back like many will teach you. Uh, You are literally taking out a line of credit, usually from the insurance company, even though it's a private line of credit, you are taking that from the insurance company as like, you know, where the cash is the collateral, that's the line of credit. They lend, they lend it to you with an interest rate attached. So no, you're not paying yourself interest back. But here's the truth. All the meanwhile, that cash that you have in there, you're not touching it because you didn't withdraw it, even though you could do that. Because you don't withdraw it, that money still earns compounding tax-free interest. So the reason why people say you get you pay yourself back is because they're saying instead of paying to the bank an interest rate, you pay it back to the insurance company. Well, if I get a loan from the insurance company at 6%, but I can get a bank line, a bank loan for that auto loan at 3.9. Why would I use my life insurance? I wouldn't. In fact, I love getting bank money. As much money as the bank will give me at a good rate, I will u- leverage and utilize. You know, if it's not a good rate, great. Then I can go use this strategy as well. Well, the fact is, th- there's no free money out there, right? I mean, it. Uh, I think what they're preying upon is the fact that people don't know how to do math. And it's that simple. If folks knew how to look at an actuarial table or if they knew how to uh, even calculate uh, net present value of a stream of cash flows or things like that, uh, you could figure it out and and see what is going to be the most advantageous because there's no free money. That's right. There really isn't. And even if you look at like the negative side of, of the infinite banking part of it, right? Like they talk about the cash value, which is good, but just know those first few years, you will pay most of your insurance costs up front for those first two or three years. 
And so it's front loaded. Now that's better than a term policy where the term policy gets more expensive over time. Right. Whole life goes down in cost over time. But here's the kicker. And this is the part that drives me nuts, even in the real estate space, because there are guys out there, guys that are good, good people. I mean, they're real estate investors themselves that also do the strategy, but they'll say things like, yeah, in the first year, expect 35 to 40% to go to cost, but then everything goes your cash and it'll build. And this is the best way we've, we've tested out. This is the best I've tested it out too. They're full of crap. That's what they are. The reason they say that, and the reason he will say that, this guy in particular, especially, is because he makes double the commissions of what you need to be paying. That's because, and the only way they make double the commissions is because the insurance costs are double. Insurance agents are paid off the cost of insurance. So your goal would be, how do I get the cost of insurance to be as little as possible, not just in the first year, but year after year? There's another thing that people talk about there out there that says you only have 10% going to insurance costs in that first year. Well, I know what that product is because I'm with that company as well. And I'll tell you this. The funny thing is, is that that company has multiple products, right? They have their plain one. Then they have this 90-10 that they call it, right? Like this high early cash value. Well, they pitch it because it's awesome from a marketing standpoint. Like, hey, only about 10% comes out in year one. But guess what? Year two, three, four, five, you pay more than you would on their other one. So the funny thing is their plain Jane vanilla product beats their higher, more highly marketable product by year five. You actually have more money in the plain Jane one, the vanilla one versus the fancy one. So j just so you know, like I, I remember a quote from Ben Stein. You guys ever watched, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? You know, he's oh, teaching sure. economics, voodoo economics, right? He, he was an economist. He went to Harvard for that. And, uh, and I remember he, he, a quote from his dad that says, Ben, figures don't lie, but liars figure. Hmm. You know, and you got to be so careful of that. And so they'll tell you things like, you know, hey, we'll go for this. Or, yeah, it's 60%. No, you want the one that's going to be the cheapest now and later. And uh, don't also fall into this trap, too. Um, this is another one that you hear real estate investors say sometimes is you should dump in all your cash into this, especially in the first year, just front load it with full of cash. Again, why would someone an insurance agent say that? Because the more cash you throw in up front, the higher the death benefit has to be, and therefore the higher the cost has to be, which means thus his commissions are higher, right? And so I saw one guy that um, I was meeting with a real estate investor. He's a, you know, he's, he was told to put in three quarters million dollar in, in that first year and then a quarter million a year thereafter. And I looked at it, I said, that's BS. And I show him, I say, here, what happens if you only put in like, you know, instead of doing three quarters million, like a quarter million a year, just put in 300,000 a year. You save almost, you know, really about two thirds of the cost for one. And it's actually will have more money more quickly. Like you'll actually have more money as a result of that. So, so you got to be really careful about all the marketing BS that's out there. Again, I'm not saying it's not a bad strategy. And I'm not just saying that because I do it and, and we even offer it, right? I, I'm not trying to pitch you on that at all, but it's the reason that, because I got screwed over on my first policy. You know, I bought my first policy from a guy in 2006 that all these real estate investors said was awesome. And I remember when I set it up, I said, man, this seems expensive. Uh, I mean, is there a way to make this better? And the guy said, no, there's not. If you do, you'll get taxed. Well, I don't like taxes, so I'm not going to do that. Two years later, the recession hits. I'm in the hole 15,000 a month, right? I'm, I'm negative cash flow at this point. I can't afford to keep my policy. I paid 25 grand into it. I lost it. Hmm. It was the worst, most expensive waste of money I could have ever done because there was zero of this cash value in there. 
Well, I found out after a few months, because remember, I'm, I was insurance licensed still during that period of time. I've been life insurance for 22 years. I actually decided to run my own numbers, found out how I could have done it, just like the way I describe it, where you lower the cost, the death benefit as low as you can go, so you can get more cash in there. I did that, showed it to him. And he tried to argue with me. It's like, well, you need a bigger death benefit, all this kind of crap. And finally, it got down to this. After a two-hour debate with this guy, he said, Chris, I did it that way because I couldn't afford to cut my commissions. I said, that's why I'm never going to send you a person again. Uh, by the way, that guy's no longer in the business. He now works for a, a big bank trying to screw people over there or something. I don't know. But that's the thing is like, that's why I'm so passionate about people not getting screwed over in this space, because it can be a great tool. I use it myself. I've done it with short-term lending and done stuff to make extra interest that I wouldn't make using my bank account. I love it. But you just got to be very, very careful how it's being pitched and sold to you. It's like that famous saying, show me the incentive, I'll show you the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Well, Chris, very educational. I know for many folks, death is not one of those things that's easily talked about. And even the notion of life insurance for many is not even obvious as to why they would even make that investment. But if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? You know, you can always go to our YouTube channel. I mentioned earlier, Money Ripples channel. Um, you can also just go to moneyripples.com and follow us there. Fantastic. Well, Chris, very enlightening conversation. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Chris Miles at moneyripples.com or check out the Money Ripples YouTube channel. Uh, the links will be in the show notes. And there's tons of resources there. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Mm-hmm.